You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. I'd be listening to the mainstream media and just be left frustrated on how they covered these stories. They would completely ignore facts just to promote their own agenda. I said, man, I could do a better job than these fools. I should start my own show. So I did. Hey, 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 what's up, everybody? Did you miss me? Because I missed you. I'm back from a pretty good break. Um, I was pretty busy and a little bit lazy, and man, I missed doing this. So um, we've had a lot of stuff come up in the last uh, couple weeks um, that would be definitely worth talking about, but I was only able to cover a couple stories today. So let's go ahead and jump on into it, shall we? So let's jump on into the OPCW. The OPCW is the Organization for the Prohibition of Chemical Weapons. They just came out. Um, well, they didn't. They had a internal email that was leaked by WikiLeaks um, that shed some light on the Syrian gas attack that you may or may not have heard of. I'll go through the timeline here. But this was a major attack that potentially never even happened. It's pretty incredible. It led to the United States launching missiles against Syria and getting more involved in Syria in 2018. But let's go through the timeline right here. So if you if you are not familiar with the situation, back in 2018, um, Donald Trump announced that the United States were going to withdraw troops from Syria. He campaigned on this um, on on this with with getting out of these endless wars, getting out of the Middle East, and Syria especially was just a disaster. It was just an endless, endless war. We needed to get troops out of there. Why are we over in Syria? So he announced a withdrawal from Syria. That was a that was a big thing. The media was hitting him hard on it too. They were like, I can't believe he's withdrawing troops from Syria. This is going to rise to a... a uh, a rise in ISIS is going to happen because we're going to get out of Syria and, and you're just helping Assad, an evil dictator. You're getting out of Syria and helping him, man, they were hitting him hard. But then literally a couple days later, a suspected chemical attack happened in the Syrian city of Douma. So if you're not familiar with why we were even in Syria in the first place, First off, the United States have had a, a for years have had a hard on for getting Assad out of Syria. They wanted to overthrow Assad in in their regime change wars. They wanted to take Assad out and have American influence over the region of Syria. The way they decided to do that was through a civil to uh, inspire a civil war in Syria. So what happens is. The United States starting back uh, started to back the Syrian rebels against the Syrian government. So the United States government is involved in a Syrian civil war. So it's basically Assad and the Syrian government versus the uh, Syrian rebels with the United States backing the rebels. So the uh, the suspected chemical attack that happened in the city of Douma, the OPCW um, announced that. Uh, this attack was caused by two chlorine gas canisters that was dropped from an airplane and that Assad was likely behind the attack due to the way that it was obviously he had air superiority in the area. Thus, he must have dropped the two chlorine canisters in Duma. 
So with the breaking news of this suspected chemical attack that happened, Trump immediately orders the United States to launch an attack against Syria with cruise missiles because, hey, you use chemical weapons. Guess what? You get slapped back. That's what happens. Chemical weapons are banned for a reason. They're inhumane. That's what happens when you use chemical weapons. However, the the story is kind of fishy, right? I mean, if you think about it, this is the thing is with the U.S. withdrawing from the conflict, right? Trump, Trump announced that he's withdrawing from Syria. And Assad is very much winning the civil war at this point. The, the rebels only hold about two cities in the country. So tell me, with the U.S. withdrawing from the conflict and Assad winning his civil war, what is the upside of him dropping a chemical weapon on the enemy he's already decimated? In fact, dropping a chemical weapon would only bring the United States and the world back into his country. Do you think that's what Assad wants? No, Assad's not stupid. Why would he drop a chemical weapon on an enemy he's already defeated? When it would only bring the United States back into the conflict, when Trump is wanting to get troops out of Syria. Hmm, very interesting. So the media starts to spread misinformation about the attack. First of all, no one saw the attack from the United States or any of the allied countries. There was not a single witness that was there from the allied countries that saw the attack. Uh, the media starts to spread misinformation about this attack. So this is a this is an interesting clip here. This is a UK. This is the UK broadcaster Sky News. They cut short a former British Army officer, Major General Jonathan Shaw, in mid sentence as he casts doubt on London's narrative on the alleged Syrian government gas attack in Douma. This took place before the UK joined the military action in Syria amid media discussion on whether the nation should participate. So listen to this. Do you think anything what we've heard from either Sergei Lavrov or indeed the Russian ambassador has made it more difficult for the UK to launch any kind of attack without putting it to Parliament? You know, I, don't, I think quite apart from all that, the, the, the debate that seems to be missing from this is, uh, and this was actually mentioned by the by the uh, the ambassador, was what possible motive might have uh, triggered Syria to launch a chemical attack at this time in this place? Uh, you know, the Syrians are winning. Don't take my word for it. Take the American military's word. For it. General Vergel, the head of uh, CENTCOM, you know, he said to Congress the other day, "America, uh, Assad has won this war, and we need to face that." So, and then, then you got last week the the statement by Trump or the tweet by Trump that, that America had finished with ISIL and we were going to pull out soon, very soon. Uh, and then suddenly you get okay. I'm 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 very sorry. You've been uh, very patient waiting for us, but we do need to leave it there. I'm very sorry. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, more to come on Sky News. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're, you're, you're completely destroying the narrative. You're, you're completely bringing facts and logic into this. I'm sorry we need to cut you off. Thank you for coming on for literally 30 seconds. Apparently this guy had been waiting for an interview forever and he finally got it and they cut him off mid-sentence. Mid-sentence. 
So that's what the uh, the media that that's that's what you saw in the UK and the US abroad. They they were completely destroying Trump when he decided to withdraw, but as soon as he struck Syria, they were all for him. They were just pushing the main narrative. Assad used chemical weapons against the Syrian rebels. That's it. Case closed. That's what happened. Well, what happened next was in uh, last May, a leaked document showed that the OPCW's top analyst disagreed with the report and how it portrayed the attack. He was a major contributor to the report, by the way. And he believes that the canisters were placed there by hand, not dropped from an aircraft. They went, they investigated the scene. They went into the building where the canisters were dropped. They saw hardly any damage on the canisters. And from the angle where they were placed, they certainly weren't dropped from an aircraft. They looked at the surrounding damages, uh, surrounding damage to the other buildings around. Mm, Doesn't quite add up. So even the CP, uh, uh, excuse me, OPCW, their top analyst who contributed to the report said he disagreed with the report. He believes that they were placed there by hand. Hmm. So if they were placed there by hand, who was in that area to place them? Well, that would be the serial, uh, the Syria rebels, the serial rebels, the Captain Crunch rebels. The Syrian rebels would have done that. And of course, they're backed by the United States, which totally makes sense because that would draw the United States back into the conflict. Right? And that's what the top brass wants. They want to be involved in Syria. They don't want to get out. After this, another OPCW analyst came forward denying the likelihood that an attack even happened at all. Unbelievable. And, and now the WikiLeaks published an internal leaked email from the OPCW's fact-finding team. The email accused the team of altering investigators' original findings to make evidence of an attack from Assad look more conclusive than it actually was. Holy crap. This is an internal email from the fact-finding team criticizing the OPCW for altering the findings in the official report. So the official report isn't so official that it turns out they've left a lot out. The, the uh, conclusive evidence that Assad gassed his own people isn't so conclusive anymore. In fact, it's more likely that it even never happened. So the U S launched an attack and could have started an all out war in Syria in the country of Syria, because an attack that might have never happened in the first place. Tucker Carlson had a, uh, a, a great interview guest on this. Let's go ahead and take a listen to his interview he had on his show. We recently spoke all about this story because we think it's important with Jonathan Steele. He's a former chief foreign correspondent for The Guardian. Here's the conversation. I don't want to overstate this. Uh, a lot of us well, not a lot, some of us, this show, had suspicions from the outset that there wasn't much evidence that this had actually happened. What do we now know? 
Well, we now know from this whistleblower who prefers to call himself Alex, we know his real name, and we've got proof that he did work at the OPCW. He was an inspector, one of the team of about nine people who went to Damascus and to Douma to pick up samples on the ground and to talk to witnesses and check the whole thing out. Now, he took these samples, but the, the main point is that chlorine gas degrades rapidly in the air, so that coming in two weeks later, you wouldn't find anything. But what you would find is that the gas can contaminate or affect other chemicals in the in natural environment, yes. so-called chlorinated organic chemicals. But the, the difficulty is that they exist anyway in the natural environment anyway, and in water and so on. And so the crucial thing is the levels. Were there more higher levels of chlorinated organic chemicals found after the alleged gas attack than there would have been in the normal environment? And when they got back to the Netherlands, to The Hague, where the OPCW has its headquarters, the samples were sent off to designated laboratories. Then there was a weird silence developed. Nobody told the inspectors what the results of the analysis was. And it was only by chance that the inspector found out that three weeks earlier the results had come in and they showed no difference at all. There were no higher levels of chlorinated organic chemicals in the areas where the alleged attack had happened, where there's some suspicious cylinders had been found by opposition activists. And so there, it didn't seem possible that there could have been a gas attack because the levels were just the same as in the natural environment. Well, I'm, I'm confused by two points. Uh, w w so first, we were told, and again, sternly lectured, that the U.S. government had absolute evidence that this gas attack took place, A. B, if OPCW knew that there wasn't actually evidence, why did it take a whistleblower to tell the rest of us? Well, on the first point, I mean, they just rushed—it was rushed to judgment. The, the missile strikes, which included British and French missiles, as well as the American ones, happened about two or three days after the alleged gas attack. When no inspectors had been on the ground, there was no evidence on the ground. So it was Liars. just fabricated, as it were, the yes. reason to go in. It was a rush to judgment. But the second point is that the, there was no real reason why Assad would make an attack at this stage, because he was already capturing most of Douma and was about yes. to capture the rest of it. He didn't need to go in for a chemical gas attack at that stage. We've been lied to. We've been manipulated. We knew it at the time. Thanks so much for coming on tonight. I appreciate that. It's a fascinating story. It's an important story. I hope it gets picked up by others apart from just this show. Jonathan Steele, thank you. All very interesting stuff. Very interesting stuff. It seems like we were lied to about this attack. But even if there was a chlorine gas attack, my money is on that guy that Tucker interviewed for being the one who created it. Yes, I created the chlorine gas. And what happens is once the chlorine gas gets in your lungs, very, very bad things will happen to you, Bond. And I've been watching you, James Bond. And I want bad things. <laughs> I don't know. He just seems like the evil villain in James in a James Bond movie, doesn't he? Like he's slowly turning around in his chair with his cat in his lap. Hello. I've been expecting you. The chlorine gas canisters aren't in this building. They're in one building in L.A. You'll have to fly across the world to get to them in time, but you won't get to them in time. Because they're on a timer, and the timer is 
less time than it would take you to get there in the first place, so there's nothing you can do. <laughs> um, I don't know if that was funny at all. We'll see. Uh, let's move on to another story. The, uh, this one kind of hits a little bit close to home for me because the, um, there was a shooting that happened in a Pensacola Naval Air Station base. Uh, I grew up in Destin, Florida, which is about an hour away from Pensacola. So we do have friends and family that live in the area. And luckily, uh, none of our friends and family that were stationed there uh, got hurt. Uh, but several people did. So <clears throat> here's the story here. On Friday morning at Naval Air Station, Pensacola, a Saudi military student preparing to begin aviation training opened fire in a classroom, killing three victims and injuring eight more before dying in an exchange of gunfire with law enforcement officers, according to state, Pentagon, and Escambia County Sheriff officials. So this was a Saudi military student. The, the Saudi national tweeted this out before the, uh, before the shooting happened. He said, quote, The security is a shared destiny. You will not be safe until we live until we live it as reality in Palestine and American troops get out of our land. So kind of echoing the uh, bin Laden line of uh, the reasoning for the attack. Again, bin Laden said one of the reasons, one of the main reasons he carried out the attack on 9-11 was because of troop presence in Saudi Arabia. And this guy's kind of echoing that as well. So first off, why the hell are we training the Saudi military? Why are we training Saudis how to fly planes? First off, did we not learn that lesson in 9-11? By the way, the Saudi terrorist that launched the attack on 9-11, that flew planes into the building... The reason they know how to fly planes is because they came to the U.S. and took flight lessons before the 9-11 attacks. So we didn't learn that lesson. We're bringing in Saudis right now, the Saudi military, and training them here at home. So the U.S. trained Saudi military members here at home, and a Saudi military officer murdered U.S. troops here at home while Saudi officials uh, 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 Saudi officers at the base filmed it. So he's sitting there shooting U.S. military members while Saudi officers are filming it. Why are we training them here? Why are we involved with them? They murder children in Yemen. They murder journalists who write badly against the Saudi king. They chop them up with bone saws and drag them out of embassies. And they murder U.S. troops in the U.S. And this is an ally. This is who we're partnered with in the Middle East. I thought the idea for us being involved all the way in the Middle East is to, uh, what's that quote that the uh, neocons always use? Oh yeah, it's to, we have to fight them there so we don't have to fight them here. Yet all I see is growing hatred towards the United States because we're over there. So guess what? They come over here. That talking point is invalid. It is null and void. Man, it's such a... 
that kills me because like all we're doing is inciting more hatred and more terrorism against the United States as the United States grows and expands in areas that it shouldn't be. It's frustrating. I feel really bad for the families um, of the victims. This is, this is something that never should have happened in the first place. Never should have happened. Another thing that never should have happened in the first place. This happened in Miami. I don't know. You may have seen the video by now, but um, there's this crazy wild video of a, uh, a high speed chase uh, in Miami. So the background is this guy robs a jewelry store, goes up to a UPS vehicle and takes the driver hostage essentially. So he gets into the vehicle, takes the UPS driver hostage and gets into a chase with the police, um, on the highway in rush hour traffic. Like he's weaving in and out, like cars are practically standing still and he's just weaving in and out between them. So the cops pin the UPS car in between civilian vehicles. So again, this is all with like vehicles everywhere on the road. So they eventually pin the driver or the pin the uh, the robber UPS driver still with him with a gun to his head. They pin the UPS car in between civilian vehicles. And guess what they do? All the cops get out of their car and they absolutely unload on the UPS car. Turns it into Swiss cheese, like bullet holes everywhere in that car. Every cop is unloading his gun till it doesn't shoot anymore. And guess what happens? As you can expect, the UPS driver is killed in the incident because that's what happens when you just litter the entire vehicle with bullets. So the innocent UPS driver is killed. They killed the robber. They killed the UPS driver. And they killed an innocent civilian in a car next to the UPS car. Because guess what? Bullets go through things, you freaking morons. What an unbelievable amount of negligence by this police department. They are 100% responsible for killing two innocent people in cold blood. They just unload on a freeway in the middle of traffic that's just stopped. They unload on a vehicle with a hostage in it. They just unbelievable the entire force needs to be disbanded and jailed for murder for murder it's unbelievable this story made me so mad i watched the video it's hard to watch but man they just turned that ups car into swiss cheese and you're looking at vehicles parked next to it and someone else got killed in a car next to it just driving to work because he's idiot cops. UPS has a now deleted tweet. It's deleted because it got criticized heavily. I assume this is what it said. UPS tweeted this out. We are deeply saddened to learn a UPS service provider was a victim of this senseless act of violence. We extend our condolences to the family and, 
and friends of our employee and other innocent victims involved in the incident. We appreciate law enforcement service and will cooperate with the authorities as they continue the investigation. The police shoot an innocent man and thank them for it. Thank you, sir. May I have another innocent victim be killed because of your trigger happy, senseless brain. There isn't any other way to handle this situation besides unloading on a vehicle in the middle of the highway. Completely bizarre. Really, really bizarre. Yikes. Yikes, yikes, yikes. Um, well, that's all I got for this episode. I know it's a little bit shorter, but uh, we are going on a little vacation here. So I did want to get an episode out for you guys. Um, some important stories there. But anyway... If you liked the episode, please drop us a, uh, a like on Facebook. Um, if you haven't already subscribed to us, you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you can find podcasts. I'll see you on the next episode, everybody. Peace. Peace.